time. Greetings and welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm speaking with writer Sean Pryor. I've known Sean for quite a few years and he is without a doubt one of the nicest and most generous and most driven creators I have ever met. Sean and I have a great discussion about his current Kickstarter for his racing action transporter inspired series Ignition. We talk about how using Kickstarter for single-issue comics can be really beneficial these days, about working with collaborators and how to empower them with creating the best work that they can with a project that is coming from your gut and your passion. Um, we discuss the, the uh, life-changing balm that is caramel mocha coffee. <laughs> we uh, also have a little discussion about what uh, Buster Rhymes and Metallica have in common, and just took a whole ton more. So, Let's start the engines and gear up with Sean Pryor. Yes, that was terrible, and I make no apologies for it. Let's go. All right, Sean, you know, I've known you for quite a few years at this point. You're like one of the first professionals I've ever had any type of friendship with. And I have a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. But first and foremost, you have a really cool Kickstarter going on right now for the awesome racing uh action adventure comic ignition could you tell us a little bit about that before we uh start rolling on to the other stuff oh yeah yeah don no problem at all like ignition what ignition about it is about it's about a a, a disgraced race car driver by the name of uh, jamel reed and um she was like this hot shot a rookie on the racing circuit until a um a tragic situation got her banned from racing for life and so now her life has fallen apart and she is looking to try to find new ways to keep her life together. And on the low, she does transporter jobs to make ends meet. And she ends up taking a job that will essentially change her life forever. And um, taking an a unspe- like an unknown client that's uh, not in her uh, that's not in her records uh, because she has a special she has a special person to handle all of her transporter jobs. And this person is outside of that uh, outside of that circuit, and uh, she ends up taking a mysterious person and some mysterious mysterious cargo. Sorry, get tongue tied. Mysterious cargo across country, and uh, there there's it's full of adventure, excitement, drama, uh, um, some sci-fi elements, um, danger. You name it, it has it. It's uh, created by me, uh, Jenilyn, uh, me, and J- also Jenilyn Wright and Kelly Guillory. And I can say I, you know, supported and backed the Kickstarter for the first issue, and I really enjoyed it. Um, if you're a fan of anything, you know, like you know, like you guys mentioned, the Transporter or the Fast and Furious type movies, mm-hmm. this is really, you know, gearing up to be something in that vein. And the cool thing about your Kickstarter now is, if you missed the first one, you could still get the sec the first issue while backing the second issue as well. As well, oh, yeah. and um. You know, I really like the uh, the concept, what you're going here. I really like the characters. The art's awesome. Uh, and I was actually kind of wondering, you know, I've been, been seeing this a lot lately. And it's, you know, Kickstarter backing single issues. Mm-hmm. And I remember many, you know, a few years ago, maybe even a couple years ago, that was considered kind of like a big, like, red flag <laughs> for, for <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. But I think in this past year, especially with, uh, 
the pandemic and all that, like people just kind of embraced that concept. And there's a lot of success happening with, you know, first issues getting funded and then coming back for the second issues and the third issues. And um, is that something you've always planned for this? Or is it more like, let's just kind of see what happens with the first issue and see if we get picked up with a publisher? Or was it just like, you know, we've got, you know, some support for this first issue. Let's keep rolling with the second, third and so on and so forth. Um. It was always going to be a let's kickstart each issue separately. Um, and reasons why for me um, is because it helps keep the Kickstarter total at a nice, you know, fair goal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even though I've been doing comic books and writing and creating and, you know, working in all different types of creative fields for over 13 years, it's I'm still in that stage professionally where like folks know me, but folks still don't know me. So, like, it's difficult for me to say, hey, how about if we just try to get $16,000 right now? That would be a stre- that would be a major stretch for me. But $4,000, however, um, $4,000, $4, however, is more reasonable. $5,000 is more reasonable. And so by doing it per issue, it just gives me a better chance to make sure that every single issue is made. I can worry about where this goes with the publisher later. I, I can worry about that later. I, I, I won't. That's not really my big concern um, at this time. Um, and I think the reason why is because, like, this, this is a story that, like, I've always wanted, like, just always wanted to do. And I finally got the right team when we combine forces to make this story. So it's just easier for me this way. We have more control over the story this way as well um so then that way by the time it's all done and we've got four issues out if we decide that maybe later on we want to do like a hardcover for the kickstarter we can um and we can still take it to a publisher later it's just that um with me it's a thing of i know my audience per se and i'm still continuing to try to grow and build my audience and i feel more comfortable just going about it this route single issue you know, you know per single issue because it's a four issue mini series overall um so as you know one story arc um you know and that's you know good for us and it's just easier for me it keeps it affordable and i know it's something that i can easily fulfill per issue and also making sure that if you missed out the first time you can still get the you know the first issue the second time around and if you missed it the first two times when we do the third you'll be able, still be able to get the first and second issues too, and so forth and so forth. Um, it's just easier this way for me, and I feel that I have a better chance of hitting my goal um, if, if I do it this way. No, that's that's an incredibly, I think, smart way to approach this because it, you know, having, I know any Kickstarter I back, you know, the one of the first things I look at is the goal because mm-hmm. if it's this super big lofty goal, and I'm like, oh, I don't really know. And it's like, oh, it's this magnum opus graphic novel that's still being drawn and things like that. It's kind of like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to. It's not, you know, a lack of trust in the creator so much. It's just like you have a lot against you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, unless you're considered like a sure thing. And even though there's been creators who, you know, are considered industry professionals who have still haven't delivered on things in Kickstarter. 
Um, but you know, we're not here to talk about that. But it's yeah, it's it's an incredibly smart thing to do. And I'm really enticed by the idea of like, well, if you missed the first one, second one's around, you can also you can still get the first issue, and that's already done. Mm-hmm. And this continue, you know, and that cycles. So by the time the fourth issue of this is kickstarted, you know, if someone hasn't jumped on yet, it's like, well, of course he's, you know, they're, you know, of course they're going to finish this. It's it's going to be, you know, they have the first three done already. <laughs> Why are they not oh. going to finish this? Oh yeah, definitely. And so it just it it just makes things it makes things easy it makes things easier for everybody because no matter what. There's always going yeah. to be a chance. There's always going to be a chance to always bring in a new backer every yeah. single time. And, you know, my one experience, you know, running Kickstarter that failed miserably was, you know, despite having it done, despite having all that, it was still a big ask because I was going for the big hardcover. I was going for, you know, a premium package. And, you know, that's just, you know, you know, like you said, I, far less relevant for me, but like, people don't know me so you know getting you know you know, we had a really successful go about and we kind of stalled like halfway we reached about i think we're just over eight thousand or about eight thousand dollars and we were trying to get 15 because we we're trying to do a hardcover and all that all that business and that just you know tanked and then afterwards talking to people about it a lot of the people i knew that backed it were like oh i didn't realize it was a hardcover so it's like, man, if we just went with a soft cover, we would have been funded. <laughs> so it's 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 yeah, managing man. those expectations, right? It's so you know, tackling single issues is just you know an incredibly smart move, and I'm really glad that Kickstarter is kind of you know, or the community around Kickstarter has kind of warmed up to that idea of supporting these single issues because you know you're far from the first person I know that or the only person I know that is taking advantage of that. And it's awesome because, you know, if I can't, you know, I'd rather spend my money supporting people I know and creators I know doing things that they're passionate about. And like you said, a story you've been wanting to tell for years, you know, I, I, at my stage in life, I feel like, you know, I feel more inclined to do that than, wanting to go buy Batman or whatever. And that's not a dig on Batman or whatever. It's just, you know, I'm glad I have this outlet for that or this opportunity to do that. Yeah. And it's supporting you directly. And um, yes. before we move on from this, I, I just want to mention that the funding or the, the Kickstarter for issue two ends on November 29th. You guys, as of today, which is the 11th and this will be posted on i believe the sorry the 13th <laughs> so you, you you have about two weeks to uh from listening to this to go and back it you guys are you know over the halfway mark you're gonna you're cruising along um there's tons of great reward tiers and and especially just you know you can still get the issue the first issue and the second issue and it feels like you, I just read the first issue, so it's not even like this huge delay in between, right? You know? So it's like, yeah, it's it, this is this is kind of a what you call a no brainer <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh well, I hope so. You know, I, I hope so. And and also to make it easy for anybody, um, if you want to check out the Kickstarter, you can go to theignitioncomic.com. 
you do that, it will shoot you straight to the Kickstarter page, or you can just go to Kickstarter, type the word ignition, and you should see it in the, uh, in, in the uh, search. And it is tagged as one of Kickstarter's projects they love. So that is, yeah, that is a nice tag to have. <laughs> and again, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever you're listening to this, check the date. And if it's before the 29th, get your booty over to Kickstarter. <laughs> and, and I would, I, I would appreciate that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> you will not be, you will not be disappointed. And in fact, you will be, you know, very, very uh, pleasantly, uh, I guess, surprised <laughs> is, is that the right word, but you, <laughs> you're going to dig it. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not a racing guy. I'm not a fast and furious guy. I'm not a transporter movie guy. Um, it's not that I don't. Like I actively dislike those things. Those still things don't, just don't appeal to me. But I backed the first ignition because of you, you know. And I know if Sean's involved, it's it's going to be well done. Um, you always put a ton of heart and passion into whatever you're doing, and it you know you get people who share that and can convey that on the page, and I I really enjoyed it. Like I. I'm I'm the guy when you see a car, when a car chase comes on the screen on a, on a movie or something I'm like oh, all right, and you know, but you know <laughs> I, I'm digging this racing comic you know or this you know transporter comic style comic and you know I think for me that's that's as much as a glowing review as I can go. It's like you know you're taking a concept that I'm like eh on and I'm like I want more, give me more. So, <laughs> oh yeah, like it's always been my thing when like making making comics or writing or whatever collaborating i want to continue to do stuff that like i personally i personally always just want to mm -hmm. challenge myself and challenge the creative team and and see things that that i haven't that i haven't you know what i mean and i'm, and I'm like this and like tons of stories have been told before in different ways but but like something like ignition you know you have a black woman who is the lead character, you know, so it's kind of like you could kind of say it's like, you know, like a black woman, you know, meets you know, black woman, a black woman led vehicle driving a vehicle, per se. No pun intended. Um, You know, it's just like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if we got to see, like, let's see, who could I think of? Um, Oh, like Lupita Nyong'o as the transporter, you know what I mean? Or um, or Naomi Harris as the transporter or or in dry or like the lead character in drive yeah you know what i mean so like that's what i was that's what i was thinking of when um you know when i when i was you know coming up with the idea for ignition and then you know reaching out to jenna lynn wright and, and kelly guillory and i was like okay well what what do y'all think about this idea they're like oh no this is really cool we can definitely team up on this and make a dope story and i just i just felt positive about it like Every single project, I know people say, well, every single project you do, of course, you're going to feel good about it. I, I don't think that's always the case. I think sometimes you feel good about something in the beginning, and when you finish, sometimes you may not feel the same. But like this one, this project is just very special to me. Um, and I'm just glad that like I've been able and we've been able to share that with everyone with the first issue. And I'm just hoping that the second issue, uh, Kickstarter, is successful because like I, I want to see this completed. Um, and I feel that it will. I feel that we will get there and we will hit our goals. And, you know, and then sometime next year we'll do we'll do the Kickstarter for issue three. And then a few months down the line, the, the Kickstarter for issue four. And I think the other reason why I did doing it this way is because also it's giving more people opportunities, not just to get the book, 
but also it's giving artists opportunities. Um, you know, I've been able to hire uh, a lot of, of, you know, a lot of women and possibly, you know, non-binary because I don't want to misgen- misgender anyone, um, you know, folk to do covers for Ignition, um, you know. And, and so, like, say, for instance, for issue two, we've got covers by Kelly Guillory, who, who is the series artist, um, covers by Elizabeth Bales who's done work for kind of the comicsology original virtually yours with the writer, Jeremy Holt, um, up and coming artist, Tiana Conyers, uh, up and coming artist, uh, Tristina Bowling, Megan Wong, who's done work for dark horse and like the, the issue one, a reprint uh, the second printing is a new cover. Um, but you know, featuring the artwork of, uh, Rory Durain, AKA Rory comics. So being able to give people opportunities um, you know, you know, give people opportunities is like a really big deal for me. Uh, you know, I, I just want to I want to help and I want to get people on. And if this helps them, if this gets them a step further. Cool. You know what I mean? And they got paid for it. Cool. And also it's a thing of with like this Kickstarter and with issue one, every cover that's made does not get reprinted. So what's made for the Kickstarter is made for the Kickstarter. I may have a couple of copies uh, sitting you know, sitting like in my bin that I can take to a convention whenever we get back to that <laughs> form of normalcy, which isn't coming yeah. anytime soon. But the thing is, is that all these covers are exclusively printed for the Kickstarter and they'll never be reprinted ever, ever. So you get something special, you know, and you get something special like that's just for you. And, you know, it's never going to be reprinted. It's never, you know, so it's not, it's not you know, it's not going to see the light of day again. You know the book will, but it's not going to have that cover you have. No, I'm I'm really glad glad you brought up getting all those different covers and hiring all those different people, because that's you know another really awesome thing that I've noticed with this kind of revitalization of Kickstarter as a publishing jump off for people and um these co- these covers that these you know that, that you have from these creators they're all all awesome especially the Elizabeth Beals one, it, that looks like, you know, that's the movie poster right there. I think um, mm-hmm. it's, Oh yeah. Uh, and they're all really cool and they're all different. And um, that is also something that, you know, knowing you, like that's something I've always admired is like, you're always pushing for the, for, you know, your collaborators and for the people you work with. And that really does speak to your passion about making books and making your, making comics. And, you know, I really enjoyed seeing your, your direction you've been going in the past few years from cash and carry from the fire within to ignition. And yeah, you know, there's been stuff in between and stuff before that, but you know, just seeing that kind of like those three jump out the most to me as like, you know, something that's, you know, it, it feels like Sean had this in his gut and he had to do this and it just shows and it, and it's very palpable when you're reading the story. And that's, you know, a very difficult thing for a creator to do, uh, you know, pers- speaking from experience, speaking from just having read a ton of comics, you know, someone can be very passionate and uh, into the concept and wanting to tell the story, but then the execution doesn't convey it or doesn't get through. Um, and kind of what you're speaking to, like you can, you know, you're not always happy with the end product of what you make. And I think with especially those three projects, it definitely seems like you are. It definitely seems like you've you know, fully realized 
you know, what was within you to, and you, you were able to find the right people and uh, collaborate and just get that, that whole feeling and that whole effort all cohesive and put onto the page. And that's really awesome. Oh, thank you. You know, it's, it's always been a thing for me, like when making stuff, this is also about relationships, you know, and like, yeah, there are some things that like for, you know, for some folks, you know, this is just a work for hire yeah. gig, you know what I mean? But I always want, I always want people. And I know that, you know, and I know it's not like this every single time, you know, but I always want people that I work with to understand that like, this is a, this is a comfortable working environment. If there's an issue, let's talk about it. You know, um, I want people to have a good time because if they're not having a good time, what's yeah. the point? You know, I, that's, that's how I've always felt. You know, I just want people to be able to have a good time in what they're creating because that way I, you know, they get the best of themselves. You know, they get the, they put the best of themselves mm -hmm. on that page and we all walk away happy, you know, you know, and so, and like, that's, you know, and that's what we get with ignition. Like everybody is just enthused and hype about making this book and it shows you know, with every single page, um, you know, from the story to the art, to the coloring, you know, to, you know, all that stuff, the covers, you know, like, like you said, the Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth uh, Bales cover does look like a movie poster cover because, you know, we talked about it. I was like, yo, let's do a poster. Like, let's just do a cover that kind of looks like, you know, like an alternative version of a drive mm -hmm. poster, you know, like, uh, Tristina Balding's cover, that's her play on, um, on a baby driver illustrated poster you know and so like I, I i love it when people do stuff like i love when people do stuff like that and um and they were more than talented to pull it off and they had a great time making making those covers so um you know i love just being able to share that you know with folks that you know are able to contribute to the kickstarter so it's just cool and like they're happy i'm happy and you know and like i said not every project is going to be you know uh you know roses and chocolate per se but for the most part i try my best to make sure that everybody walks walks away saying i had a good experience with this that's that's awesome and that's a great mindset to have and uh you know it's not not it's not you know i've had projects where i've had less than favorable experiences and i've had projects where you know i've you know, absolutely adored what I was doing and it was sad to see it end. So, you know, and those are the projects that, you know, and those, those are the creators and collaborators that really stick with you and you want to do more stuff with them. And that's just, you know, like you said, you know, people know you, but they, you know, they don't know you yet. <laughs> and I think, I think, I think, right. you know, if uh, the future holds tight, I think people are going to know Sean Pryor. <laughs> so I want to ask you the three questions of the podcast. Okay. Comics, coffee, and metal. What are you digging on these days? Okay. Um, for comics, um, actually, I have. Um, oh, I've actually been reading a couple of things. Let me actually let me pull up my little Gumroad page that I got um, because <laughs> because like they're right there um, because they are held in my uh, via my email. So let me pull that up real quick and I will tell you. There we go. And yep, I'm not a robot. Good old recapture. <laughs> Thank you. So um, there is a, a collection of uh, comics from um, 
Michael Sweater. Um, he does, um, uh, or they do a comic called "A Please, a Please, um, Please Keep Warm," and um, and it's like one of my. It, I really enjoyed this collection. It's it's a it's it's fantastic. It's funny. It's anthropomorphic characters. Um, and basically, the long and short of it is, it says, keep, "Please keep warm." Is a comic about uh, friendship, overcoming depression, finding your place in the world, and also sometimes black metal. <laughs> and um, it's <laughs> it, it's it's funny. It's um it's not for kids, but it has that art style that makes you feel that it's for kids. And I've, okay. I've enjoyed that immensely. Um, also, there is a um uh, um someone named Amy Stoddard who did a Kickstarter last year and it, for a mini comic and it's called diets, a bear. And once again, it's anth- anthropomorphic characters, but um, it's basically a comic about, you know, about body image and, and, and like, you know, some people are self self-conscious about their bodies. And like, I, you know, and I get that way a lot. And this comic is, it's, it's cute. It's funny. It's honest. And I really enjoyed reading reading it a lot. Um, I've read it a number of times, and I'm glad, glad I invested in, in Amy Stoddard's Kickstarter because it was it was well worth it. Um, a couple other things that I've read, um, I've read um, there's an artist by the name of Eric J. Schuster who has three volumes of a book called Godzilla Suit, and um, I'm reading volume three right now, and so. It's just like this really cool history of of Godzilla suits and like the people, you know, it. I, that's the easiest way for me to describe it. Um, and I've enjoyed. Oh, no, that sounds awesome. I, I've enjoyed reading reading that as well. Um, and so um, as a matter of fact, let me just make sure I give a proper description. Yep. The um, it's like a zine, it's like a zine and it's an illustrated examination okay. of Godzilla's changing appearance throughout his film throughout his films across the decades. And so it's really cool. And Eric Schuster, um, who's on Twitter, he does like all these cool like kaiju drawings all the time, and he posts them on Twitter. He's he's really awesome. So uh, I've been reading that, and um, and then uh, there's an artist by the name of uh, Payroro, P R O R O H, and they've done a few mini comics, and one was called Take a Step, Take a Step Back. Which is a comic about like relationships, awkwardness, and struggling to express your feelings. And they've recently done a, a, a mini comic um, called, um, or regular comic called Our Coven, um, which is about two childhood friends reconnecting at a party, and and they come to terms with you know with you know with who um, with who they are per se. So um, that's what I've been reading lately, and I've enjoyed all. All of those comics a lot um as far as coffee the last like the pandemic has changed my attitude on coffee as a whole it has changed my attitude on coffee forever um you, <laughs> like uh, we got a coffee shop down the street um north lime donuts and coffee or north lime coffee and donuts and um i get their caramel mocha latte um, um decaf not decaf, half calf. Yeah. Yep. Caramel mocha latte, half calf with whipped cream. Um, use whole milk, and it is amazing. It is life changing. Like 
Co- coffee <laughs> is is wonderful. Like I've had some other ones from there too, like Honey Badger and uh, Brown Bear, and and um, they even have like this um, this one, like I think they call it like the El Diablo, which is kind of chocolatey, but like it has like cayenne pepper in it. And so yeah, I've heard of some. So it's got like a little bit of a bite to it, and I'm just like, well, if I want to open up my sinuses this morning, let's go. And so like you know, there's that, but like the caramel mocha has really changed my life, and I also didn't know that coffee was a diuretic. Um, oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that that's also life changing. But anyway, so like that's what I've been doing with coffee. Like literally, seriously, like maybe before this year. Maybe I had coffee eh, once every couple of months. But since the pandemic, minimum, minimum three times a week, if not more. And so, yeah, I'm good with it. Like, I love it. In a lot of ways, I'm kind of glad I I waited so long because now I enjoy it even more. I just enjoy it. Like, it's just like, oh, happy place, happy place, coffee, happy place. (laughs) That's good. We could all use our happy places these days. Yes. (laughs) Wherever we can find them. And as far as um, as far as metal goes, um, it's not metal per se, but like it's it's more hip hop based. But like uh, Buster Rhymes just came out with a new album. It's his first album since uh, I want to say 2014, and it's the Extinction Level Event Part Two. Um, it's 22 tracks. Could it should have been about 14, but it's 22 tracks, and I and I, and I let I let it slide because when Buster Rhymes was at his most dominant from like 1996 to like 2006 or like 98 to 2008. Um, either way, like in between that time, he had a decade where nobody could yeah. touch him. Period. No one. He ne- and during that era, that was the era that was heavy of that. That's when we had a lot of cats dropping double double CDs and double LPs. Yeah, you know yeah. because that was just the thing to do. And it was also a quicker way to go platinum. It was a quicker way mm-hmm. to also go gold. Not saying that all these double albums were trash because they were not. There are a lot of great double albums and there were a lot of trash double albums too. And let us be real with that. Um, but Buster <laughs> Rhymes never never had a double never had a double CD or double album. But now he had him. So like I'll let that slide because he never had one. So now he has one. Some amazing tracks on there. Some really dope samples. Um, it's like I said, but it does run. It does run a long time if you're not paying attention. Like it's it's a smooth ride, but if you are paying attention, you're really focusing and just like intently, strongly listening to it. It's just like, all right, bro. Like, um, I gotta go. Like, I, I gotta go to work. Can you wrap this up? <laughs> you know. But like, seriously, if it was like, no, there's. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, that's that's you know. You know, I, as as I mentioned before with other guests, like you know, we don't have to talk about metal here. I I want to know what people are enjoying musically yeah. and what's getting them pumped up and all that. But which how you've just described Busta Rhymes is pretty much how most people describe Metallica. <laughs> like they had the period where they were untouchable. Yeah. And then now it's like they drop something. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, there's going to be like a handful of great tracks, and then the rest is going to be like. But if you listen to it, you just put the CD on and you're doing stuff or whatever, it's fine. Right. But yeah, if you sit down and listen, it's like, uh, is this one still going? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, that's that's uh, that's great to see. And you know, yeah, it's. I think as artists get, you know, 
on in years. You know, we can't expect them to be, you know, all all fire all the time. Right, 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 right. right. Not not everything's going to be their their best, and you know, the the escalation ends at some point. Um, I think for some artists, you know, they may you know get back to that level where they were before. There's a lot of older heavy thrash bands mm-hmm. that were real big in the late eighties that now being 50 plus year old men are putting out some of the best records of their lives, yeah. but they've had entire decades <laughs> of material that doesn't quite measure up to what they did when they're younger. And now when, you know, now as they're approaching, you know, senior citizen level they're they've tapped into, into that, uh, you know, level where they were before. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I would, I, you know, I guess, you know, you're not going to count out Busta at all. Oh, no, no. Um, and, you know, I've, I'm not a huge hip hop or fan or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something I dislike. Right. I mean, growing up, you know, you know, growing up in the, you know, 80s, 90s, it, it was around. Oh, yeah. Like, you, there's always something. But, you know, the, the depth of my knowledge, kind of like, you know, like, I, if I just sit and name one artist I knew the most of, and that would be like, Run DMC, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's how long ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> so well, and but, um, but that's also another thing too. It's like it's also the way that a lot of us grew up with hip hop. You know, hip hop was new when we were young. You know, that was you know it was it yeah. was a new musical genre. So like our generation is kind of like you know if you're, if you're like if you were born like somewhere like in the late 70s you know late 70s early 80s like you were knee deep like in the birth of hip-hop and so yeah you know because like you know rock had existed <laughs> you know, rock music had existed yeah r&b music jazz like you know metal uh punk you know ska um you know reggae like there was so much music that existed before you know before the birth of hip-hop and so it's still it's still relatively new, even though it's been here for almost 50 years. It's still mm-hmm. it's still new. Um, you know, it's it's still new. So and and like every few years it's a brand new sound. And like and it's also the yeah. ty- it's also the type of music that's also affected by community because now and it's a sidebar. But now you've got like, you know, tons of black kids that grew up in the suburbs or grew up in, you know, better fiscal better better fiscal areas and like or they were surrounded by white kids in the same fiscal class and so like their rhymes are completely different than say for instance like you know you know like a chuck you know rhymes are different than a chuck d or buster rhymes or a q-tip or um you know or a nas or you know or ludicrous like it, it, it all varies you know like it it all varies like Little Uzi Vert is going to be completely different than LL Cool J. You know what I mean? Or yeah. <laughs> and so like it's is you know I mean and I know that's that's a really loose comparison because like LL hasn't had a solid album since two thousand and six. So you know, but anyway, anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Speaking of growing up in that era and all that, you know, as I am to metal, my older brother who's one year older than me mm-hmm. was to hip-hop and rap mm-hmm. so i was always that was always around you know he was huge Karawas Karawas one guy yes. like that was his guy um and but he, he always had all the stuff 
you know, in this in the neighborhood, like I was not the only person who liked metal, but of my age group, I was the only person who liked metal. And it was until high school anyway. But it was yeah, it was always around. So there was always some sort of absorption of it. Mm-hmm. And I do have an appreciation of it when it is done very well. And uh so, you know, based on what you're saying, you know what? I think I'll give it I'll give that new uh Buster Rhymes one a shot. If you do, let me send you let me send you like like the track list to tell you which tracks to skip. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> all right okay. um because you know i i do remember back in the day um i don't know if it was the first extinction level album he did but there's a few tracks i mean i still uh what was it the track he did where he sampled knight rider oh yeah that was uh that was part of um extinction level event it was a uh, turn it up or turn it up slash fire it up and that was the remix so it wasn't on the album yeah. you had to go buy you yeah, had to go buy yeah. the cd maxi single so uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I remember really liking that one and um you know you know and also like in the mid to late 90s busted was all on mtv so like he i'm very familiar with him yes but uh if i could flip it a little bit for you you know i think i could recommend some metal for you yeah, okay cool. that might that might scratch because i know you're you've got you're, you're not a narrow-minded guy um so I, I know you, you enjoy all kinds of stuff. So I think, and anyone who listens to the podcast regularly is going to be sick of me mentioning this band because <laughs> I mentioned them a uh-huh. lot. Um, but there's a band called Amaranth. Okay. Um, and I'll send you a link to awesome. it. Awesome. But they are, uh, I think, Danish. Uh, but it's in English. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a heavy metal band, but it's a female singer, a male singer, and then a male screamer guy. But the male screamer guy, he's really into like hip hop and like so he has a lot of stuff. His screaming is kind of like done in a hip, a rap style almost, and it's really interesting to hear because it's I don't know how someone can like do that with their voice that fast mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially they got a new song where it's like it's probably one of the fastest like screaming vocals I've ever heard with the rasp and all that, but. I'll send you a link to that one. It might not be impressive to you. Oh, oh no, no, no! <laughs> but for, for, I want to hear for you listening to him, like, um, because it it's it, it reminded me of um when Twista did that track with uh, he sampled Ozzy, yes, Crazy Train. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that a lot. Oh, okay. Um, but this band they use a lot of electronic and like I'm not familiar with it, but based on what from what comments i've read and all that they use a lot of like trap type beats okay and stuff that that, that that's incorporated with the music and, and all that um so it's very interesting but i think i think there might be enough there to because there's tons of melody there's ton of tons of you know it's not because i know screaming vocals kind of like can turn a lot of people <laughs> off they turned me off for many many years and i've you know but i you know it this is done in a way where it's not guttural you know it's just like a real raspy voice type of, type of situation but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna send you a link to that hopefully hopefully you dig on oh that. yeah uh is there anything is there anything else music wise that's it's doing it for you um, or uh um, i would say um another thing as a matter of fact let me pull this up on my phone right now and i could and i could tell you give me one second while, while you're doing that i just want to interject also that i, I think it was really awesome that 
you know, your comics picks were all stuff that was like on Gumroad, which is independent, <laughs> independent artists, independent creators. Yes. So, you know, if that speaks to, again, to you walking the walk with, you know, supporting people who are doing things you're passionate about, because let's be honest, as much as I love the idea, uh-huh. someone doing three volumes of zines about the intricacies of the Godzilla suits. Yes. That's not a moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely something up my alley and definitely a few people I know's alley. So I'm definitely going to be uh, investigating that once we're done. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely. Like it's, it's worth it. Like I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, and the other thing I've been listening to is just some old stuff. Like uh, there used to be this, um, this like R and B slash funk funk band, like in the seventies up until like the early nineties, they stopped making like new music around that time. But they're called Lakeside. They were based out of Dayton, Ohio. Um, I used to live in I used to live in the greater Cincinnati area, so I was familiar with familiar with that area. And they had like a bunch of like hits uh, back in the seventies and eighties. And so like I just wanted to kind of get that that sound back in my ear. And um, mm-hmm. perfect example, like if you ever heard Coolio's uh, uh, "Fantastic Voyage," his first ever hit. Yeah, uh, he sampled Lakeside. That's that's where he got mm-hmm. that's where he got it from. Okay. Um, so. Uh, so like um, I really wanted to get that sound back in my ear. So I was I was like, yeah, let me pull up the greatest hits, and I really enjoyed that. And also um, been enjoying uh, another old school uh, R and B funk soul band uh, cameo. And because um, those that used to be like one of my favorite bands like in the eighties. And although now some now that I'm older, some of their music plays different for me because of all the innuendo. And um, a, perf- a perfect example is uh, they had a song called Candy. And like, so like, um, you know, the hook, because like they would say, tastes like candy. And then like, you know, the, then the lead singer, uh, Larry Blackman, would say his like verse. And then they would say, it tastes like candy. Well, now that I'm older and somebody put this on Twitter like about a month ago, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, that was a song about cocaine, right? And, and I was like, no, no. No, 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 no! Don't, 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 don't play with me like that. And you're like, no, no, no. He's like, and he just kept <laughs> tweeting about it. He's like, think about it. He said, if you watch the music video, these dudes is high as hell, and like, and because like it's just you know three brothers on you know just bouncing back and forth doing things, singing the song. And he said, but every time they mention candy, um, it's cocaine and a white lady walks by, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, and, and now the song, the song plays completely different for me now. Um, I laugh about it, but I still enjoy it because the groove, the groove on that song is just dope. And they got like on the bridge, they got a nice guitar, guitar solo during the bridge. So um, and that was the cool thing about like Cameo. Cameo also like infused a lot of rock into their R&B. Um, yeah, they can give you a dope slow jam and they can give you a dope up tempo cut. But the, like they, you know, they did have that rock influence as well in their music. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's some of the stuff I've been listening to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I, I like that term you're using, like get that sound back in my ear. That's, that's definitely a feeling I've had with stuff that you've now put into perfectly succinct words. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, and there's, I know we've, uh, discussed this, a few, just like a few years ago, but for a while you were, you know, making music yourself, correct? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I just like playing with sounds and beats, and, and so like, you know, I didn't, I bought like all these different like loop samples, and 
and mm-hmm. I had I had software that allowed me to play with loops and stretch them out and change pitches and and all this other stuff. And um, and so like when I was doing comics independently when I first started, um, way way back when, like back in like 2008 2009, I said, well, you know what? Let's let's make this like a multimedia type thing. I was like, so here's the comic. Yeah. Okay, well here's the soundtrack that goes with the comic, and and we'll have songs that fit the moods of these pages or and stuff like that. So they're, you know, so like songs had actual moods and themes with them. And, and so I was like, no, 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 this sound does not fit this comic. It can't go with this, but it can go with this comic over here. And so um, I still have some of that original music somewhere in, on MP3. Um, and I had, cause I remember every time somebody would buy like a copy of, I had a buddy cop uh, comic called Mer- Mercury and the Murd. And, uh, and it was kind of like an ode to like 70s and 80s cop shows with a, with a little bit of a sitcom touch to it. And I said, well, you know, if you get this little, you know, trade paperback, well, here's a, here's a CD. Here's a here's a soundtrack. You know, here's a CD, you know, because this was still MP3s is still new to people like in 2007. Not everybody was trying to push everything onto the iPod because they had they still had the CD playing in a car. So, yeah. So I was like, I was like, take the CD. It's free. He was like, oh, cool. So. um, So, yeah. But yeah. I think I had made like like twelve songs for Mercury and the Murder and like seven songs for Agents of Cult, a couple songs for XO One and the Rock Solid Steelbots and some and some like other songs that I never put out. So but I had a lot of fun doing that. Is that something you've ever thought about getting back into or is it just you know, when you're gonna have the time? Um if I had the time to- if, if I had the time, I would I would try to make some music right now. It's just it's just no time. There and yeah. I, and I would love to. The time just isn't there, and that's just one of the things. Like I have to be honest with myself about. And so because like yeah, there's still a box of there's a box of loops and beats in my closet right now, and I'm just like, well, you know, we can just go download Program X and we can get these loops out. We, I'm like, no, yeah. no, we got like three deadlines we well, got to hit. We got a kickstart. <laughs> we got a Kickstarter that's running. We got to plan. You know, we got to plan stuff and like get pitches together to send to your agent. Like, like we, like Sean, like you, you have a fiance, you have two dogs, like, bro, you don't have time for this. You don't have time for this. So like, you just gotta, you, you gotta wait. <laughs> well, whenever we finally sit down and get our thing together, we're definitely doing something. Okay. Okay. Cause it's, it's, it's well established on this podcast uh, with every guest that, you know, making music for comics is something that I am utterly fascinated by and, you know, cannot avoid doing myself word so you know just whenever someone else has done it you know i'm always just i'm really interested in that just because it's it seems like such a great melding of things because it's it's about setting the mood it's about just creating that extra bit of experience with a comic that you know you're not trying to make it more like a movie you're just trying to give this you're trying to put the reader in the headspace that you're kind of in via music when you're making it so they can kind of follow along with what you're intending. Right. More so than, than just on their own, which, you know, you know, isn't necessarily like the right way to do it, but it's certainly a more, a more interesting way to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. For that, so. Oh yeah. Like, like I said, that's the one, that's the cool thing about making comics. Like, there's no one way to do this. There's all different things you can add to it. And they're all like, it's, it's not just, this is the way we do it. This 
the way it's always supposed to be. And I'm like, no, comics is about, you know, taking chances, being um, experimentative, um, you know, experimenting per se, experimenting, taking chances, to, you know, and just like, you know, like why, you know, like, I'm sorry, now I'm all tongue-tied again, but like give yourself the opportunity to like explore the medium and, you know, and try something, you know, that possibly has never been done before. Um, you know, like I said, there's no there's no single way to tell a story. And that's the cool thing about comics. Comics is an everyday reminder that um there are so many different ways to tell a story and also provides supporting material that goes with it. Exactly, exactly. So earlier today I took to Twitter and I asked this you know, see if anyone had any questions for you. And we've had a couple of responses. Oh. So let's get to those. Word. Um, yes, we have two great questions. Uh, first one is from John Westhoff at Anti Drummer. Uh, how do you decide when a project is for Kickstarter? Do you have a certain number of months you pitch it before you self-publish? Um, I, like, with me and Kickstarter, like, I just put it out there. And, like, I don't worry about the pitching. Um, I really don't. Like, yeah, I know, like, professionally, like, my my career somewhat changed now that I actually have representation. Um, and that representation can sometimes open, can can now better open doors I could never open. Doesn't mean I'm getting that work over there or that, like, somebody's automatically going to take a book. But, like, um, I just want to make the book. I don't worry about pitching. I, I really don't. I'm like, well, let's make the book and see what happens. Now, will there be things that I pitch like, you know, to my agent later, probably so. But like when I have an idea for a Kickstarter, there's no pitching. It's let's make this book. Let's, let's put the plan together. How are we going to do this? All right, let's execute. Like, that's how I normally do it. Um, Like, it's just a feeling that I got in my gut. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like ignition needs to be a Kickstarter. Um, Let's get people interested. Let's go. And that's, and that's really it. Like, um, no, like I, when it comes to, when it comes to pitching, like, um, when it comes to pitching, like, I don't, when it comes to that stuff, I don't worry about it. I'm like, no, this is going to be a Kickstarter. Like, um, I have pitched other things before, but when I do like, when I know when, when I just like, I just know when it comes, when the project's going to be a Kickstarter. And if I know that I'm not worried about pitching it at all, at all. Um, you know, I'll do the project. And then after that, Let's see where it goes. You know, let's see where it goes. If somebody picks it up, great. If not, I can just sell it solo. It's, um, you know, no harm, no foul. All right. I think that's a great answer. Um, and it's also, I also think it's a great mindset. You know, get the book done, see what happens. Yes. You know, just just get it. Because nothing's going nothing's gonna to happen unless the book is done. <laughs> so. Yes. Uh, the next question is from... Uh, Awesome writer, uh, James Asmus. Uh, what thoughts help you keep going on the days you just don't feel good about what's coming out of your work? Um, that I know that I know in my life in like the 13 years, 13, almost 14 years I've done this, I've written worse. And I know no matter what, no matter what, what I've written today was probably better than yesterday or yesteryear. And that there's always another day tomorrow to just write some more. Like sometimes you just, there are times where if your body doesn't have it and your soul doesn't have it and your mind doesn't have it, it's okay to walk away. 
Um, but there are days where I have been writing. I'm like, you know what? I really don't feel good about this, but I'm going to get this out because I need to. And I get it out. And then I tell myself, well, you know what? Let's look at it tomorrow. When we come back tomorrow, let's look at it. And let's see what we liked and what we didn't like. Because sometimes, you know, self-doubt, self-doubt can play with us. And self-doubt plays with me a lot. And so, like, I'll have those days where I'm like, man, this is whack. This is not, this is not it. Nobody's going to like it. And I'm like, no, we're going to finish it. We're going to finish it. Then I'll come back the next morning. And I'm like, what am I talking about? Like, this first half was really good. Okay, now there's a problem right here, but we can easily fix that. Okay, well, let's fix that. Okay, and let's keep it going. Um, and so, so the thing is, is that not every day is going to be good. It's not like it's humanly impossible. And that's something that I'm still teaching myself because like we teach, we try to teach ourselves to be perfect and we are all flawed and no, no form, no creative form is perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes we'll have that day where mm -hmm. we can just like bang out X amount of pages and like, damn, I was on today. And that's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. That's a great feeling. You know what I mean? But like not every day is going to be like that. And so like that's an, yeah, that's another thing, too. When I have those days where I don't feel good about what's coming out of my work, I remember that two days before I was the shit and can nobody fuck with me. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? We're going to get this back. Let's just go ahead and push through this. And tomorrow we will fix what's we're, we're going to fix what the actual problems are, because not all of it is a problem. And, um, you know, and it's that's just how we have to look at it because we're not perfect we're not perfect we have to accept that there's going to, that there's going to be days where we're not feeling the work but we also come back and realize we can fix it and make it better or it wasn't that bad after all we were just in our own heads that's another fantastic answer i you know having known you these past few years and you know both of our lives have taken ups and downs and we've, mm -hmm. you know, messaged each other and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And that, that always seems to be, even at real low points, you know, you always seem to be, you know, driven to, to propel forward. You know, even, even when, you know, you, you have every right not to <laughs> <laughs> every, every, uh, every excuse, every, perfectly valid reason not to you you know take that next step forward and that is something i truly do admire about you and um it's no surprise that that's how you approach your work um there is a lot of hesitation and a lot of self-doubt you know with creating it's no surprise to anybody who does yeah. um and I do think it's incredibly important to recommend, rec recognize those days when you are king shit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when, you, when you wrote those pages and you're like, ah, you know, no one's got nothing on me. You know, or if you're an artist, if you're like, man, you know, <laughs> the, the, the small victories that artists, that artists, you know, tend to love. Like, man, I nailed that face. Like, that shadow, ah, spot on. Like, no, you know, Toth will give me, a, you know. Alex told to give me a high five, you know, so <laughs> it's, 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 you know, really trying to recognize those moments. And, you know, that is something you can extrapolate out to, to life is recognizing those moments where you're, you know, where things are, went good and things were good. And then, you know, just keeping that in mind when things aren't 
and and then moving forward because if they were good yes you know yesterday or two days ago you know there's no reason why tomorrow is not going to be good mm-hmm. oh yeah and, and that's that's the thing man you're right you're right and you know that's you know with my own personal art struggles you know that is something i have to like try to take to heart is just like i'm certainly better than i was five years ago you know i just remembering you know whatever i draw today even if it's not successful in my eyes yeah you know there there's things i'm doing that i wasn't able to do before mm-hmm. so even if even if it was like man this is like 80 percent where i want it six months ago it would have been 50 percent. like you know so and that's huge and that's something to you know keep in mind and and to you know celebrate <laughs> when when uh when it does happen because you know it's not a perfect medium mm-hmm. um and to bring up the often mentioned uh term you know finished is better than perfect that's right that's right you know so and that's you know that's you know i've had the opportunity to you know some you know artists younger than me and you know asking me for like critiques or things like that or questions and stuff and it's like I, first i don't know why you're asking me but second um <laughs> finish things get them done yeah you know get the get the book done because nothing happens unless it's done right sure you know even if you know taking away the the concept of a publisher or kickstarting it like no one's going to read it unless it's done. You're not going to get better unless you finish That's it. That's right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Um, so. We. That's, yeah, that's just. The, oh, no. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it, it, got, it got into my head before I, before I lose it. Like, a lot of times, man, we don't, allow, we don't allow ourselves to shine. We don't, like, you know, like, we don't, <laughs> as a, as this one, uh, pastor used to say at a church i used to go to when i was a kid he's like you gotta give yourself the glory and and, and like and i i take that and twist into completely completely something else what i mean by that is is that we gotta allow ourselves to believe that we are that good and the only way we can get good is if we keep going and yes there are times where we do have to stop that we do need to take breaks that we do need to breathe, that we do need to eat, that we do need to step away from the computer, that we need to take a walk, we need to go outside, wear your mask. Anyway, um, <laughs> but like sometimes like we don't give ourselves enough credit and and be like, no, I am that damn talented. No, I am that damn good. Yeah, I keep getting better every single day. And the reason why is because I work on it. And also like you may not be able to work on your skill and craft every single day. But, you know, if it's every other day, that's fine. If it's every two days, that's fine. If it's five minutes one day, two hours the next day, that's fine. Like, every step gets you closer to where you want to be. And, yes, there are going to be times where, like, you have a setback. You know, setback's just, uh, you know, an, another another road to a bigger comeback. And, you know, I know I've had that. I've had that a number of times. Like, the, the comeback business like for as long as i've been in it has not been too kind uh you know to me personally like i've had minor success but like but i've had better success outside of comics um 
writing, you know, kids prose and graphic novels for mm-hmm. book publishers. And so like, and so like, that's what I mean. Like for every bumpy road, for every setback, for every setback, there's always another way. And, and sometimes like I try to tell people like, I love comics, but the thing is, is that if it doesn't love you back, you can still make them, you can still do them, but find alternative paths. Doesn't mean that you quit comics. It does not mean that you quit comics. You find alternative paths. My path as of late, I do Kickstarter. You know, like I said, I have representation now. And I also I write prose not I write prose novels for book companies, you know, you know, kids' book, you know, kids prose, kids sports prose, kids prose. I write children's books, storybooks. Um, I've written historical graphic novels. I'm writing a uh, like a scary story graphic novel right now um you know and so on top of the stuff i'm doing right now and so like i'm happy about that you know like i don't worry anymore about the fact that like you know i ain't writing power rangers for boom studios you know what i mean like that shit used to eat eat at my soul like i've like seriously like it used to like legitimately eat at my soul because I'm like, no, I'm damn good enough to do that. I know the history of the franchise. I'm like, we can make fire right now. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Y'all just hiring cats that have written for TV and cats from LA. And, you know, another popular another popular cats. And I'm just like, that's the game. Do I hate it? Yeah, it sucks. But it's like, it was eating me alive. Because, like, I would just look at these books. And I'm like, no, this, I could do this. I could do this better than they can. And I'm just like, let it go. And I'm like, you know, we can do something else. And like a piece of that, like, was last year when I did a Power Rangers comic for fun with George Campaday. So I was like, yo, let's go have some fun with this, George. And he was like, bet. And we put it out. And it was the bomb. Had a blast making that. Had a lot of fun. And it was like a piece of letting go. And... And like, um, and coming to peace and coming to terms with that. And who knows, one day it may happen. Maybe I might work with Hasbro one day. Who knows? But like, I had to let that go and like find alternatives to come to peace. But it doesn't mean that like, you know, my career creating stuff is over. Shit, it's just begun. You know, it's it's just begun. And so that's how I have to like look at this. And that's why I try to tell people it's like, Sometimes the path isn't to the big two or the big three or the big four. Sometimes the path can lead you somewhere that you had no idea was going to take you. And that place is fucking awesome. And, you know, so don't deny yourself those opportunities if they come. You know, like, you know, try to keep open eyes, open ears and open heart. Protect yourself and be smart. But. Don't put all your eggs in that one basket. You know, diversify as much as you can. That's very well said. And, you know, to speak to, you know, the idea of you writing for Power Rangers and all that, that franchise isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's certainly relatable to what you're saying, like having to let go of what can be perceived as like the pinnacle of you know achieving your dream right Right. you know working on a franchise you love and adore 
and then you you have to let that go because for whatever reason it's it's you know whatever business reasons it's not it's not happening but like you said you went and you made your comic right mm -hmm. yes like and you got to tell a story you wanted to tell without any interference oh yeah and you know that's that's you know kind of the the fun and the joy of the, of doing you know i i don't want to I'll call it a fan comic, but it's you know, I, some people can view that as dismissive. Oh, that don't bother that don't bother me. The it work don't, it don't bother me at all. Um, okay, so it, doing the fan comic though, you got to tell the story you wanted to tell with the person you wanted to tell it with, and you're extremely stoked about it. And that just, you know, that probably's gonna do a lot more for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> than, then even even you know because for all you know you know one day Hasbro calls you up and they say okay we want you to write this but then they basically handcuff you to a bunch of stuff you don't want to you don't you're not excited about you're not passionate about and it's like well you know the monkey's paw right <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> you know yes. so you know it, it, it you know it, it, that that short you did it, it reminded me of the stuff that Daniel Warren Johnson does hmm. you know he did that Star Wars one. And then he did a, a Star Trek one, and he did a Pacific Rim one, and you know those are probably stories he wouldn't, well, at the time wouldn't have gotten any chance to tell, you know, through the property proper. Oh yeah. But he did it, and it created a lot of buzz for him in it, and you know I know for a fact he immensely enjoyed doing them, and when you do work you enjoy, that's just that just lifts you up even more. Oh yeah. You know. And and it and again it speaks to what you've been saying this whole time, you know. You you got you gotta give yourself the glory a little bit, right? That's right. You got to. <laughs> you got to. And um you know, like I said, I just I, I you know, I just I just feel better, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's not you know, life ain't perfect. And there yeah, there's still some things that I would that I would like to have and maybe one day I'll have them, maybe one you know, or maybe not. But until then, like I mm -hmm. am I like where I'm at right now though. You know what I mean? Out here, out here grinding, um, you know, out here doing these Kickstarters out here, trying to make sure ignition reaches 4,000 ignition issue two reaches $4,000 and hitting these deadlines and coming up with new ideas and concepts and, and, you know, collaborating with others and, and just, you know, trying to work on me. And at the same time, you know, learning what happiness actually is, um, what, the meaning of success, what the meaning of success actually means for me, because everybody's meaning, meaning of success is different. And, um, you know, and being able to just, you know, pay bills and have a roof over my head and take care of the ones I love. And, you know, and like, and at the end of the day, I'm going to be okay. And even amidst all this stuff that's outside of our window right now, and all, all the craziness, um, we're, part of my house. like all the wildness and you know and all the bad stuff um you know i'm gonna be okay and i'm gonna make sure my family and the ones close to me that i love are gonna be okay too we're gonna make it you definitely are because you can you can be bitter or you can do the work and sean Pryor, my friend you do the work oh thank you my friend and i you know sincerely hope that all your work pays off the quality is there the passion is there, you know. I hope I hope it reaches the people it needs to reach, so that you can just continue to do what you got to do. And 
not stress so much about <laughs> Kickstarters and things like that. And things get a little bit easier for you to do the things you, you know, you can do. Oh, thank you. So. Oh, thank you. And, 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 and it will get there one day. Like I said, I just can't worry about it, yo. I just can't. Like, it's going, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and I'm okay. And, but, you know, and that's huge, too. Yeah. Because um, knowing some people who might not be in that space and knowing myself who could get into that space uh, <laughs> where it's not okay, it's, it's huge. It's huge to do. And it's, it's incredibly rewarding to make a book. It's incredibly rewarding to make a book that, is telling something you're passionate about and it's incredibly rewarding to make that book and have it be received well. And you're doing that. So Sean, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. Um, If you want to give everybody where they can find you on social media and internet and uh, you know, just to follow this great guy. I mean, he's, he's worth a follow on any social media platform people. So get some prior in your life if you don't already. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Don. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you uh, having me on your show. Um, if you want to find me on the Internet, y'all, like the two best places, uh, Twitter, um, that is um, at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, the letter R, uh, Sean R. Pryor, P-R-Y-O-R, uh, at Sean R. Pryor on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, it's at the Sean P. Show. Um, I do have a Patreon as well, uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sean Pryor. Um, you know, and like I do all types of stuff there, whether it be blog posts, videos, uh, music, um, art, um, like digital art, and uh, all, all different types, like all different types of stuff, uh, comics, you know, podcasting when I actually have time. And I thought I'd have more time, but I never have enough time. But um, all types of things there. Um, also, if you want to check out the Kickstarter for Ignition, you can go to theignitioncomic.com. That'll take you straight to the Kickstarter page. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and uh, type ignition in the search header, and you can find it that way. Um, and if you missed out on issue one, that's quite all right. In this Kickstarter for issue two, you can also get issue one. So, um, you know, so you can get caught up real quick. So, but Don, thank you for this wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me on the show. It means a lot to me. And um, you know, I see you out here, man. I see you playing the guitar. I see you out here doing this art. <laughs> and like, you know, hey, man, like we've we've both come a long way. I remember when I when I first like hollered hollered at you at um at the shows at Fort Wayne back in the day. Appleseed, at, at yeah. Appleseed, you know, and like uh, you yeah. know, seeing you doing your thing there, and like you know, and you know, you're growing your family. You got a beautiful family. And, you know, you're growing every day, not just as an individual, not just as an artist, but just you're just growing, period. And I'm proud of you. I am. I'm proud. I'm proud of you. So just, yo, man, just keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right path. And I'm proud of you. And I love you. Sean, I'm proud of you. And I love you, too, man. It's you're uh, a, a huge positive influence. And again, people listening. You need to get you some Sean prior in your life, man. Like, you know, it's ups and downs. Like, you know, it's it's good to have someone like Sean in your circle, in your in your, in your periphery, <laughs> wherever wherever he's going to be. Just have him around. <laughs> oh, thank you. And it is it, it was my absolute honor to have you on the show. And you know, it, it's not going to be the first, the only time. Uh so you know, 
we'll, we'll hopefully get a, a, a follow up and see if I've gotten you to any metal. Okay. And or if I've got if I've gotten into any more hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have to do we'll have to do a follow up. Um, but again, thank you again, Sean. Oh, you're welcome, Sean.